Hello, and welcome to The Movement Podcast with Pastor Joshua Lockett and Triad Christian Center. This week, we begin our new series, Daily Dependence, and Pastor Josh opens up with what it really means to trust in God. Let's tune in. I want to just encourage you today. I know this is a day where different pastors probably are taking an approach to talk about the subject that's going on in our day, which we know is Corona. And COVID, and I just want to kind of give a scripture that I believe kind of speaks towards where we are. And, and this is not a time to run from God. It's a time to run to God. And I really just want to, I really want to, I really want to talk to us today. I believe there's something that I have to release today, and I want to do it today. So if you would, go with me quickly to Psalms 91. We're going to go to the Word, because His Word doesn't change, Amen. Amen. And, 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 and the spoken word can, but the written word doesn't. Amen. And so we just, we're going we're gonna to tap into what God is saying today. We don't want to know what the world is saying necessarily. I'm just going to give you a license just to know what God is saying. Amen. And, and let, me, let me just say this, that I'm kind of humorous. I know that they're talking about you got to be careful how you, you know, touch people and everything. But you know, if the right person touch you, it could bring healing. Amen. Even Jesus used his spit. Come on now. If you get the right kind of spit, it brings healing. <laughs> there was a man, um, I think it was John G. Lake. He was over in a particular country. And there was a plague breaking out, kind of like today. And the disease, he basically had them to come and study the disease when it hit his, his hand or his body. And they showed that basically, in a sense, if I'm not mistaken, when the, when, the, when the disease or the plague hit his body, it would die. Come on now. We serve a God who can cause diseases to die when they come in contact with believers. Now, you say, how can, how can this God do this? I'll give you his track record for just a little bit. He's the same God that allowed a man to be thrown in the lion's den, but he didn't get one scratch, and he didn't get one bite. And it wasn't because the lions weren't hungry. Because when they threw other men in, the Bible says the lions attacked them before they even hit the ground. But God can put you around the mouth of the lion, but that don't mean you have to get bit. Because God can take the bite out the lion for you. It'll bite everybody else but you. You didn't get what I said. I said it'll bite everybody else but you. Y'all should have got that. It'll bite everybody else but you. Why? Because you got God on your side. It'll bite everybody else but you. You, everybody else will be coughing, but you, everybody. That's the kind of God we serve. He has that track record. He said, you'll walk through the fire and you won't be burned. There were he- we read it all the time about the Hebrew boys. They were thrown in the fire. He didn't, watch this, he didn't stop them from being thrown in the fire. He just took the burning out when they hit it. He took the burning out. I believe I declare right now that God is taking the burning out of this this virus. It might be all around you, but it can't get in you. Come on now. You said, well, the fire, it wasn't real fire. Well, I'll give you that example too. When they threw other people in, they got burned up by the fire. Matter of fact, the people I think that were trying to turn up the fire got burnt, trying to turn the fire up on them. So it was real fire. But fire don't work if God don't let it. Y'all ain't talking to me. Fire can't even be fire unless God permitted to be fire. It was a bush that was being consumed by fire, and it, it was burned by fire, but it wasn't consumed. Because God can take the consuming out of fire. Come on now, y'all ain't talking to me. This is the kind of God we serve. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He didn't stop them from walking through the valley. He said, but I will fear what? For thou art what? With me. So God is right there with you in the valley. Whether it's corona, whether it's a financial situation, whatever it is, say God is right there with you. He doesn't leave. He's still there with you. And I think a lot of times there's a, there's a mindset that when, when bad things happen, when, the Bible says when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord lifts up a standard. God is not scared of the enemy. He's not scared of sin. I just think I need to, I need to, I think you need to know that God's not scared. God's not on his throne twiddling his fingers saying, oh, my, I didn't see that coming. He saw it miles away, and he said, I'm still in charge. 
I'm still in control. You need to know that today. You have a, you're in a kingdom. You're, you're, you're in a kingdom. Come on now. You're in a kingdom that will reign forever. Its economy has not been hit. It has no sickness in it. You're in a kingdom, a living kingdom. So I think I just need to release that. Amen. Forgive me for being passionate because my job is not to come and drown you in more anxiety. My, my job is to get you out of anxiety and to get you in peace. My job is to watch over your soul. I'm just saying somebody got to believe God. Like I said, and I've been saying a couple times, everybody can't be scared of the dark. You know, it's one thing when the child is scared. It's another thing when the parent is, is scared. When the parent jumping in the bed with the child. And I think it's the same as believers. There's one thing when, when people who don't have a relationship with you. Listen, you've seen too much to start doubting him now. So this is a bigger picture. I just think it's a bigger picture. It's not just about corona. It's about whatever situation you're facing today. Because can I tell you, there are bigger situations than corona. People going into an eternity of hell is bigger than corona. People, people that, are, that don't know God, that's bigger than corona. So I thank God for the grace and I thank God for the intelligence of our generation and all that we're learning about this thing. But let me tell you this. Uh, my brother, I believe, said it this past Thursday night at Evangel. I was there. He said, you got to have a newspaper in one hand and a Bible in the other hand. Don't be ignorant of what's going on. You don't have to. Listen. Listen, let me say this to you. You don't have to put your head in the sand to have faith. The Bible says when Abraham considered his body as good as this, his faith still grew stronger. In other words, he considered the news. He did. <laughs> but he still had faith. Because you don't need to run from bad news if your faith is strong enough. Because faith is a shield. Y'all ain't talking to me. It'll protect you if it's really working. So I, I want us to be mindful of this. I had to say this. I felt like I needed to say this. Amen. It's, it's a unique Sunday. It's a unique day. I know it's all over people's mind. It's the elephant in the room. But I don't care how big the elephant is. It ain't bigger than God. And people still need to get delivered. People still need to get set free. It's not like we can go on break and people still need to get, y'all not women, they still need to get saved. God's still about seeking and saving that which is lost. Amen. So while corona is going on, corona will not shut down the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God will advance. Amen. Psalms 91, you can laugh. Just let everybody laugh. Just so. Hey man, we ain't, I ain't, I'm just not going to let nobody take my laughter, y'all. I'm going to keep laughing. I'm going to keep eating. I've still been going to restaurants out to eat. Amen. Because he got the corona. It ain't, listen, I'm still eating that turkey burger. Glory to God. Hopefully the corona die on the grill. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Y'all think, I mean, when, when, when Elijah faced his day, he faced the powers of his day. He began to mock them. And, and let me say this to you. The enemy, I believe, in this hour should be mocked because everything he's trying. The Bible says the Lord sits in heaven and laughs. He scoffs. And I believe this is an hour where we have joy because we have the victory. It's almost like if a grown man was being hit by a one-year-old and the one-year-old is just going, I'm going to beat you up. What does a grown man do? <laughs> they laugh because they know they still have the victory. You are a sleeping giant. Come on, go on and wake up then. You have power. Greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world, than corona. Come on now. Greater is he that's in you. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest, not torment. They will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Say, they will find what? Rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Verse 2, this I declare about the Lord. He alone, my, he is alone, excuse me, my, my refuge, my place of what? He is my God and I what? We've been talking about daily dependence, which means to trust God, to lean on God. He says, for he will do what? Rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you. I thank God for his covering with his, fe his feathers, he will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. You know why some of us can't die now? Because we got too many words over our life. Come on now. He said, do not be afraid of the terrors 
uh, there's a lot of terror going on. He said, but don't be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrows that fly in the what? Day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around, what is it? Around you. These evils will not what? Verse 9, if you make the Lord, verse 9, if, say if, you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will what? Conquer you. No plague will come near your what? For he will do what? Order his angels. How many know there's still angels? How many know the angels ain't ran from the corona? They ain't scared of the corona. For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust. Those who trust. How many of y'all believe the word of the Lord? Psalms 112, verse, verse 7. Psalms 112, verse 7. They do not fear what? They do not what? How many of y'all been hearing a lot of bad news lately? What about the scripture where John 9, Jesus said, they say, Lord, why did this happen? Is it because of the sin of this, of this man? Is it because of the sin of the father? He said, no, this happened so that the power of God can be seen. What about the problems God allows to accumulate so that when God shows up, they'll know it was him? Come on now. So that he can release his power. So if it goes into 2000, we'll walk through the streets and we'll lay hands on the sick and I declare they shall recover. Come on now. You know, in order, he said, that means he, he was thinking that we're going to touch sick people. Y'all with me? You lay hands. You, if I just want to speak it. No, sometimes it's okay to lay. Amen. Lay hands. Amen. He said, they do not fear bad news. They confidently do what? The Lord to care for them. They trust the Lord. They trust the Lord. You find out what you're really sitting on when trials come. You find out what you really trust in when trials come. And I'm going to tell you right now, I, and, I'm, and I'm with you. Somebody said, Pastor Josh, and you're, are, are you kind of a little, in my flesh, my flesh wants to try to figure everything out right now. The flesh wants to get a, a cure like today. The flesh wants them to take the ban off of how many people can come to church today. I, the, the, the flesh says, do this. But you know, the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and depend not on your what? We got to live this thing, people of God. Your understanding. It didn't say he is. So uh, my understanding is, man, for some of you in this room, maybe what's going to happen to my business? Because what I didn't see coming is I didn't see how health issues were going to start affecting financial issues. They were going to start causing, excuse me, financial issues. And what we're seeing now is we got, we got when you see the NBA go down the tubes, come on, man. I can't watch LeBron no more? No, not now. You mean I can't watch I can't watch major leagues anymore? Not now. I mean, after the only thing left is like UFC. They said they're gonna still have their stuff. Amen. So I'm you in a restaurant, all you watch now is UFC fighting and the food network and reruns. And I'm gonna tell you right now, that God of sports is getting crushed in this hour. You don't like what I'm saying, but I'm telling you right now, God wants the glory, and I believe he's still a jealous God. I believe he still wants full devotion. He wants your devotion more than a sport. Come on now. He's crushing the gods. He's going to get our attention. Y'all, listen, I love you all, but he's going to get our attention. There's something about the tremblings and the the shakings of a nation and, and just, the, just, the, just, the, just the, the trials that we go through to help us to get our attention back on God. I, the, it, when you're on the plane and you're riding, y'all know everybody that's on the plane is having a good time, just got their headphones on. We're so sophisticated now on the plane. We got a hundred things to do on the plane. It's like as if we're on the earth still. We just got, got our earbuds in. We got our 
big head ear earbuds on the big ones on where they they cut out all sounds so you won't you don't got to hear the person snoring and all kind of stuff and then you you got your iPad got the iPod got your iPhone got i everything glory to God you got your little snack amen you picked up the the $10 yogurt that you got out of the airport amen you're trying to make it last cuz you like why did i spend that much but i was hungry come on y'all know what i'm talking about so you in there and um you in there they just got they said everybody you know sit down you know they give you the whole spiel about hey if 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 we lose um cabin pressure put on your oxygen mask amen make sure you good first before you try to help y'all know the spiel right and that's when most of y'all sleep by the end i'm gonna be honest probably Y'all ain't even listen. Y'all wrong, because if something happened, y'all going to be the main ones. <laughs> the main ones. Give me yours. No, you should have been listening. Um, but then, while you're on the plane, everybody's cool. But then sometimes on the plane, there's a turbulence. And I'm going to tell you, after the first one, some people are good. You know, you're like, yeah, I'm good. I've been there, done that. And then, but after a couple, they take them earbuds off me. They put that yogurt up. They start looking back for somebody to come and help them, looking for the usher. And the usher's scared just like them. They said, that's a problem. When, when, a, when the usher, the airplane usher is scared, I mean, I'm sorry, flight attendant. When they scared, you better start praying. Come on now. Because they've they been there, done that. Amen. But I'm saying when that start happening, but I don't care who you are, you drop hundreds, hundreds of feet out of the air, you're going to be like, Lord, I lift your name up, right? Even if you're not saved, it's something how just tragedy gets us to turn back to God. And I, I, just, I just believe you all that we're in a season now where God's grabbing the attention of even the church. A lot of people are shocked. They, don't, they, didn't, know how much, they didn't know how distracted they were until now because they're finding out what really matters. And that's all of us in this room. But there's so many things we go after, but when you're in tragedy, some of that stuff doesn't matter anymore. Can I be honest? I bet you there are less and less people thinking about getting a new house now, a new car. They're just trying to stay safe. I think it was just something that when this year started off that we had, uh, well, not, it was at the end of the month, but beginning of February, one of the greatest basketball players that ever walked the face of the earth, Kobe Bryant, lost his life in a helicopter crash. Many people were shocked. Sports, by the way, the sports again. Money coming out of his ears. I think he left his wife, I heard, $600 million. I bet you she still missed him. I bet you she still want her daughter back. But you know what that tells me? It doesn't matter how many natural resources you have. At the end of the day, when God calls your number, your time is up. And it was a shocker to some of us, I believe, because we said not Kobe out of all people. Kobe, he had a really intelligent helicopter. They said it was a nice helicopter. But even with all that, he's gone. We have to sit back and try to get our bearings. And you know what people, some people start saying? They said, you know what, in that moment, I start going to tell people, I know I think I heard one person, he was saying the idea of, like, people who you wouldn't ever say you love them or you care for them, you would say it. You said it after that. Grown men were sitting there crying. It was like a green card to cry that day, like a clear, like all grown men can cry. Like, that was our one day that we got. Everything you've been holding up, you can let it go, but blame it on Kobe, you know? <clears throat> Ain't that right, man? Come on. No. But, but this is what I want to say. I believe, and I want you to hear what I'm saying. I believe God is shaking this nation. I'm just telling you. And I will tell you this. One of the things, the good news about this is that when God shakes us enough, there's some stuff we would normally not do. But because we've been shook up enough. We said, God, you know what? I got to make this move now because the pressure is so high. We said, God, I might as well obey you. I might as well submit to you. I might as well start praying again. And I believe for everyone who's been praying for revival, I believe that God is going to cause this shaking to bring revival. That people that normally would not be talking about God, focus. some of your loved ones are going to call you up looking for peace and comfort, and you're going to have it. Why? Because you have trusted in the Lord, and you have rested in the shadow of the Almighty. They're going to say, let me get under that shadow. They're going to say, how are you so cool under fire? Because I'm under the shadow. I'm under the shadow. 
I said, well, he over, everybody over here is screen, uh, going through because the, the sun and the heat is burning us up, the trials of life. And you over there got shades on, got the big hat on your head. You ever seen people at games, they just come prepared, they got all, 100, all the sunscreen on. You're like, and you out there just getting blazed by the sun, you know? And I believe that people in this hour are going to look at believers over there just chilling and staying cool and collected. They're going to say, man, I want that right there. And it's going to be used by God to bring people in that normally would not come in. This is an hour. This is a window of opportunity for loved ones who you've been praying for for years. Evangelism is so easy right now because I'm telling you right now because a lot of people are nervous. They don't know what's going to happen. But I'm going to tell you, we know at the end of the day what's going to happen, that God is going to prevail. Come on now, that at the end of the day, we win. The old folks used to say, there's a storm. And they said, if your soul is not what? Okay, that's anyway. All right, I'm going to keep going. Now y'all getting where I'm going. I had to bring out an old school song. Okay. All right, 1 Samuel 13. I, I'm really, forgive me for just my, my overtime. I know I'm not, it sounds like I'm not focused, but I hope this is helping you. Perspectives need to change, man. We're still victorious, man. Nothing has changed. We're still victorious in Jesus, for real. So 1 Samuel chapter 13. Verse 8, and it says this, it says, Saul waited there seven days for Samuel as Samuel had instructed him earlier, but Samuel still didn't what? He still didn't come. Go back to 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 8, 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 8, and he says, then go down to Gigal, Gigal, excuse me, ahead of me. Okay, I'm sorry, y'all, if I didn't get it right. I will join you there to sacrifice burnt offerings and what? Peace offerings. You must wait for what? This year is a day where we win what? Daily. He said you must wait for seven. Don't y'all hate when God sometimes says, I know y'all ain't like, but sometimes like God's like you got to wait. You're like, but God, I want it now. I just want it now, God. You know, you just got to wait. You don't, you don't like when you, got, when you go to a restaurant and eat, or you go to, let's go say you go to Chick-fil-A, you get something to eat and you get in the line. You, you got you, I mean, you salivate because you're about to, you about to crush it. I mean, you just, you just, <coughs> and they say, um, I'm sorry, sir. We're going to have to, uh, we're going to have to have you to wait for a little bit. Just goes, if you don't get out of my face, you know, you, you get mad because you want to eat what right then. And, and now with all our microwaves, and everything, we think we could just eat everything, what, real fast. And we don't even know sometimes how to wait. Amen. And so he said, guess what, man? You're going to have to wait for me because as a priest, his job was to make the sacrifice. So he said, burn offerings of peace offerings. You must wait for seven days until I arrive and give you further, what? Ooh. So go back to First Samuel 13 because I believe this is right where we are. First Samuel 13, verse 8. It says, Saul waited there for seven days for Samuel, as Samuel had instructed him earlier. But Saul, but Samuel, excuse me, still didn't what? Saul realized some stuff, that his troops were rapidly slipping away. Now, go back to 1 Samuel 10, verse 8. Now, I want you to bring, I want to bring emphasis to this verse, because there are a lot of things that I believe we're waiting on as a nation, we're waiting on, personally speaking, um, there are a lot of things we're waiting for God to do. Um, have you ever been waiting? Uh, some of you maybe have gone to the doctor, and the doctor said, we're going to get back with you in two weeks. Do you like waiting for that? You wish that they could just tell you, like, right then, right there. Because you know what happens in the process of you waiting? You start thinking stuff up. Start making out bucket lists, you know. It's just, y'all know what I'm talking about? And you don't know what they're going to say. And they're like, just wait two weeks. We'll call you back in two weeks. And, and, and so the idea is that they'll call you back in two weeks. And sometimes, I don't know, tell me if I'm wrong, do they ever call you, do they always call you exactly in two weeks? Sometimes they wait a little longer. So you, you're saying, you're saying, what in the world is going on? Then they kind of tell you, well, if they call you early, then that's a good thing. If they call you, or a bad thing, if they call you later, that's a good thing. I don't know. But you have all these people talking to you, and you're trying to be comforted and everything. But the, is the issue is that you're waiting for something that you don't know. You're, you're waiting in a place of uncertainty. You don't really 
you don't really know. You're, you're, just, you're, just, you're just waiting, and you're just, say you're waiting, and you're just, and you really are uncertain about what's about to happen, but you're just waiting. And then sometimes you don't even know if you're waiting on what you used to be waiting on before. You don't know if they forgot about you, and you're just what? You're just you're just waiting, you're just, you're just waiting, and you're just waiting and anticipating, and you're trying to keep your faith up, and you're just what? Waiting. And I looked at this scripture, I started to think about this nation right now, because we're waiting on some answers. We're waiting on answers that haven't come yet. I, I don't know about you all, but I've got a lot of emails <laughs> in the last, how many of y'all got a lot of emails in the last two days? from every place you ever shopped, which you shouldn't have even shopped at, but, but Express, Banana, Chipotle got in there. I mean, everybody is sending out statements, but it's really not bringing any closure. It, it's not. They're just telling you, we're just waiting. I mean, we're just trying to see. That ain't helping me. <laughs> Come on. Like, I need to know you're telling me the end point of this thing, but sometimes we all have our waiting period. It may not be seven days, but it may be a month. We're waiting for God to give us that job. We're waiting for a whole year for God to give us that spouse. And we don't really know for sure, but sometimes we all have moments in our life where it seems like we've gone over the waiting period. Like I've been waiting for way too long to get this answer. I've been waiting for too long to get this. I've, like has, he, has God forgot about me? Let's just be real. Like where is God in all of this? Y'all remember back in the day where, you remember the old little pictures that they used to have? You remember Waldo? And you had to, <laughs> you had to, <laughs> well, Waldo was there, but you had to find him. He wasn't obvious. He, he was there. He was always there. Now, he might have been hiding under a car looking like that, but he was there. Then he wore glasses. I can't remember. He was in, oh, and I ain't going to say that. But uh, he he wore glasses. Waldo was always there. He just wasn't always obvious. You didn't get what I said. He, he, was, he, was always, he was always there. And if Waldo can be there, we know God can be there. Now, there may be a lot of distractions that you have to look around. There may be a lot of news reports that you have to look around. There may be a lot of comments that you look. I know it's your job. Some of y'all, your job is so scared right now, your work environment. Every day in the workroom, they talk about the same thing, corona. Like, can you let me at least eat before we talk about corona? And everybody bring they, 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 they 10-gallon hand sanitizers out and say, stay, stay 10 feet away from me. And they're squirting it, and it's getting all on everybody. I mean, they, it's, just, it's just a lot of fear going on. Let's just be real. And we're like, God, where are you? We're still waiting. And they keep sending out emails that don't give you any closure. Well, we may have, well, now, and now school is canceled for the next two weeks. But even with that, we still don't really know how all that's going to play out. Because parents, let's be honest, when kids go home, somebody got to take care of them. Actually, it should be you if you had them, but that's another story. But you're so used to the, <laughs> y'all so used to the school <laughs> taking care of. That ain't my shift. Come on now, that ain't right. That's your baby that looked just like you. You better take care of them. Talking about, I'm going to leave them on the street. No, you're not. You better take them with you to work. Come on. Ask your boss if it's okay. <laughs> Don't you love your children? Amen. <laughs> Y'all said, I ain't no spring break was going to come that quick. You're waiting. You're waiting. We're waiting. We may have March. We may have May Madness now. We don't know. We're wa We're waiting. Y'all know March Madness basketball? When I, saw, when I saw sports get shot, I said, something it ain't, it ain't right. Well, wait, it's a lot of uncertainty. Like, we don't really know. Like, it could be April that they find a cure. It may not be. We don't know. We're waiting. Like, but we feel like, in some respects, this is America. We should have been and had an answer. But can I tell you, it's been God protecting this nation the whole time. It's been God keeping us the whole time. Y'all ain't talking to me. It's been God preserving us the whole time. If it had not been for God on our side, a plague would have broke out years ago. That could have wiped. Y'all not talking to me. But God. So you're waiting. You're waiting, man. 
Can, can somebody give me an answer? We don't know. Can somebody tell me when we'll find a cure? We don't know. And then it might mutate into something else. We don't know. We don't know. So you know what's happening? Everything we've been depending on, our health care systems, our doctors, God is showing us there's a doctor greater than the doctor that you go to see. And his name is Dr. Jesus. He's, watch this, watch this. He's undermining every false idol right before our eyes. And he's showing us that even when healthcare shut down, my care will never shut down. When God was delivering the people out of Egypt, one of the things he did was he, the Bible says, I will execute judgment against the gods. So when he was taking down the Nile River, when he was taking the firstborn son, all of these in some respects could have been gods to the Egyptians. But what he was saying is that they're helpless compared to me. I believe God in this hour is showing us it's been me the whole time. Can I tell you this? It's one thing to need God. It's one th- another thing to recognize your need for God. It's the difference. I believe God is positioning us now, even as believers, even as your pastor. He's positioning us to recognize that, Josh, even though they took all your hand sanitizer, I'm the one who's going to keep your hands clean now. Come on now. E- even though, I'm telling you right, because I'm thinking... And I'm waiting, and, I'm, and I'm, I told my mom last night, I said, Mom, they done took all my Lysol. I can't try to get Lysol. It's all gone because of y'all. And they, and I ain't blaming it on you, but they, they took it, and I have to say, now, Josh, and I'm just saying now, y'all work with me. Pray with me because I like, people know I like hand sanitizer. They say, now, Josh, is it the hand sanitizer or the blood you're going to trust in right now? Like if somebody cough a little bit too much. <laughs> you ever have people that say they cough around their hand, and they come and give you a high five handshake? And they say, if you're really a believer, you would be, you know, you would shake my hand. They say, <laughs> say waiting. <sighs> he was just waiting. And, and it seemed like, like, he, like, like Samuel, like, where are you? Samuel was the only one who could make sacrifices because he was a priest. So it was kind of like, Samuel, you're holding up my breakthrough. Now, you got to understand this. They were... You must wait. He said, let's go to Scripture. He says, you must wait for seven days until I arrive and give you further instructions. Go back to 1 Samuel 13. He said, he said you got to wait. He said, you got to wait. That's why I said in the meantime. Because what do we do in the meantime? Until we find out if this thing is going to go all the way out or it's going to pop back up in the summer, go all the way out, pop back up in the fall. What do we do in the meantime? What, what do we sit on in the meantime? Because can I be honest with you? I got a news flash for you. Before the news station ever said anything about the corona, over 2,000 years ago, Jesus said in Matthew 24, he said that pestilences will break out. He said earthquakes, rumors of wars. So they're old. Jesus already declared it. But it also says in Revelation that we win. Come on now. You say it don't say it verbatim, but basically that's what happened. At the end of the day, we win and these things have to happen really before Jesus comes back. So look at what it says. Saul waited there for seven days for Samuel, as Samuel had instructed him earlier, but Samuel still didn't come. He still didn't what? He didn't come. He didn't come. He didn't come. My job still hasn't come. They still ain't called me back. Come on now. I still haven't got married yet. They still haven't come. That, I don't know where he is he or she is. They done got lost looking for me. Amen. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You're still waiting for our governor and our president to give us an announcement that's just going to put everybody at peace. You're waiting. But what do we do in the meantime? And he said he saw, realized that his troops were rapidly slipping away. That's not a good sign. Now, let me give you a little backtrack of this. He had about, Saul had about 1,000 troops. His son Jonathan had 2,000 troops. Saul, so if you have a thousand troops and you have some slipping away, then that may not be good. Because guess what it says in verse 5? I got to show you verse 5. Say, he got to show you verse 5. Say, he going to let you go to Golden Corral if you want to eat there today. But we, I, I got to get to verse 5. I got to get to verse 5. The Philistines mustered a mighty army of how many people? Okay, so if, if Saul has a thousand and the Philistines, who's the enemy, have what? An army of what? then they may be getting short. Look at what it says. Chariot, 6,000 what? i let y'all say that word. And as many warriors as the grains of what? How many, how many grains of sand on the seashore? 
whole lot. They camped at, at Michmash, east of Beth Avon. And it says, look what it says, verse 6. The men of Israel saw what a tight, what? Isn't that a word? Man, that the people of God could be in a tight spot. He said that they were in a tight spot that they were in, and because they were what? Hard, tight spot, and there's a lot of pressure around. Come on, it's a tight spot. It's a tight spot that this nation is in right now. It's a tight, it's, a, it's, it's, just, just, it's just tight. How many of y'all, it's one thing to wait. It's another thing to wait in a tight place. Y'all know what I'm talking about? That's why some of y'all got space now. You spaced that now because I ain't going to be sitting in a, I ain't going to be in a tight, I need my space. I need my space. But the Bible says that they were in a tight spot. That's why I don't like, I don't know about going to Africa and all those places unless God really called me. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I ain't going to be on no plane for no eight hours sitting there beside somebody snoring. I just ain't going to do it. I mean, but a tight spot, they're waiting in a tight place. They're waiting in a tight place. That's like that van you get on where people, that, that one person brought too much luggage and now everybody's squished. And you like this the whole time going down. And it's a tight, it's a tight spot. It's uncom- Say it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. It's tight, man. It's tight. I don't, you know, how the workers going to get paid for the NBA is tight. People, people's money is getting tight. I mean, the Dow is looking crazy, right? Like, like how, how are we going to function in this tight spot we're waiting? And it says, they tried to hide in caves. They, they hid. They were thickets, rocks, holes, and cisterns. Verse 7. Some of them crossed the Jordan River and escaped into the land of Gad and Gilead. Meanwhile, say meanwhile. Saul stayed at Gilgal, and his men were trembling with what? Fear. Man, that thing will eat you up. Then it says in verse 8, Saul waited there for seven days with Samuel. Samuel had instructed him earlier, but Samuel still didn't come. Saul realized that his troops were rapidly slipping away. Why do you think they were slipping away? Because of fear. Now, can I ask you a question? The whole time they were there, does it ever say that one arrow was shot? Does it ever say that one sword was released? So the whole time they were sitting there trembling in their boots, God was still preserving them. They were in a tight spot, overpowered by an army that had so many soldiers that they had soldiers as, as, as the number of the grains of the, the sand. And guess what? Nobody got hurt. Nobody died. Nobody lost their minds. Nobody got sick with the corona. Come on now. But it's still a tight spot. And I still got to wait. And I don't like it. They didn't slip away and run because they were getting overpowered by the enemy. They slipped away and ran because of the fear in their hearts. See, I'm not going to get out of place now. I'm not going to stop praying. Y'all not with me. Just because of what's surrounding me. I'm not going to stop praising because of what's surrounding me. I'm not going to stop reading the Word because of what's surrounding me. I might be in a tight spot now, but I'm still going to say, Lord, you still want a holy sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto you. I'm not going to allow a tight spot to take me out of my position in God. And they were in a tight spot. And I'm going to tell you right now, it may get tighter for our nation, but it's no excuse for us to slip away from our assignment. There's some things we should be fighting. Come on, there's some things that we should be, we should be overcoming. It's no excuse. It, it might be a tight spot, but if God kept you this far, there used to be a song, I don't believe he brought me this far to, come on, to leave me now. Nobody died the whole time they were in a tight spot. They kept them. God kept them. Verse 9, he says this, So he demanded, bring me the burnt offering and the peace offerings. And Saul sacrificed the burnt offering himself. He took matters into his own hand because he was in a tight spot. And he said, just as Saul was finishing with the burnt offering, Samuel did what? (laughs) He arrived. He arrived. And and he said, Saul went out to meet meet and welcome him. Look at what it says in verse 11. But Samuel said, what is this you have done? Saul replied, Saul replied, I, I saw my men, I saw my men scattering, and, and, and I already got a small army to begin with. 
And I saw them scattering from me. And I already don't got a whole lot of money to begin with. And, 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 I, and, I, and I already don't got enough peace to begin with. And they talking about my kids going to be home with me all day long now. I, I just don't know if I can handle that. I saw some stuff scattering, some stuff that used to be in place. Y'all ain't talking to me. Some stuff that used to be stable, I saw it leave right before my eyes. But can I tell you this? Everything may leave you. But if he stays with you, he will never leave you nor forsake you. And if God, my goodness, is for you, who can be against you? So some of y'all looking at some stuff scattering right now. And you didn't arrive. Then he kind of tried to throw it in his face. You didn't arrive when you said you would. Now, he, he told him to wait seven days. And then he also said, until I arrive. So the other thing was, until I arrive. He says, and he says, and the Philistines are at Michmash fighting us in battle. They're fighting us in battle. They're, they killed 10 of my men already in battle. Nope. The Bible says they're ready for us. I look at it like this when your parents, and I'm closing. You remember when your parents, they used to say, you about to get whooped. Y'all remember that? And they wouldn't have even, they, they hadn't even brought the belt out like Zorro yet. And before it even hit, guess what you're doing? Yeah! And then they say, you better stop crying or I'm going to give you something or what? I, I don't even get that logic. Y'all know what how many of you know what I'm talking about? They haven't even hit you yet with the belt, but you're already crying. And that's what people are they're going through now. They haven't even missed a bill yet. God is still providing for them and taking care of them. And they're crying. Because yeah! of what's surrounding them. And sometimes we have so much faith for negative, but we have so little faith for the positive. Bucket list. Well, I guess I'm always going to be single the rest of my life. Let me go on to buy 10 cats. At least some cats will comfort me. Meow. They ain't going to do it. I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> get, get 10 chihuahuas. Amen. <laughs> Bring them to church in my, in my pocketbook. No. I, I, like, y'all, come on, man. I mean, this is what I'm saying is that he said, I mean, it looked bad, but nothing bad happened. It's the, it's the mom and daddy that's about to whoop you, and you already crying. It, it's, they were just ready for battle. It didn't say they were fighting them in battle. It didn't even say they were winning in the battle. And some of you right now, you're facing some situations where the enemy looks ready for battle. But can I tell you this? It may look like there's a lot around you, but there's more with you than it is with him. So this is some lessons that I learned because this is what happened. Verse 12. Look at what it happened. Verse 12. He says, so I said, the Philistines are ready to march. The Philistines are ready to march against us at Gilgal, and I haven't even asked for the Lord's help. Let me say this to you. Somebody say, I'm looking for a word from the Lord. I need God to give me an instruction. If he hasn't given you a new instruction, still live off of the old instruction. Because the old instruction will protect you. Y'all ain't talking to me. So some people say, I need God to do something right now. I need God to move right now. What if God says, I don't need to do anything right now? I've already prepared y'all for 2020 before y'all came in. I've already given you a word to live off. If my people who are called by my name, well, but we want a new word. We, we, Lord, I need you to do something right now. I'm, matter of fact, I'm going to make you do something right now. And the Bible says that he said, I haven't even asked for the Lord's help. So I felt, I felt, see, feelings can mess you up. Feelings can have you all over the place. Feelings can have you thinking crazy things. The Bible says in Proverbs verse 14, verse 12, there's a way that seems right to a man, but it ends in destruction. Some of you in your waiting period right now, you're, we're allowing our feelings to be our leader instead of the Holy Spirit. And, 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 and I just want to give you a point. Do not depend on your feelings to direct you. The first lesson we need to learn from Saul is that we cannot depend on our feelings to direct us. we got to let the Holy Spirit direct us. There's some things that might feel right, but that don't mean they're right. Come on now. When, when, when Jacob felt, come on now, when Jacob felt his son, excuse me, when Isaac felt Jacob, he felt like Esau, but he was still the wrong boy. There's some things that you can bless and back that y'all ain't with me because you're going off of what you feel. Y'all don't understand. It's still Jacob, his trick and self, his tricks to self. It's the wrong person. It was, hey, Jacob, yeah, he went to go marry somebody. He said, I want her right there. I want Rachel. And so he thought he was getting Rachel. The lights were off. What he felt, he felt like it was Rachel. When the light turned on, y'all not talking to me. See, when the light turned on, his feelings led him astray. Can I argue that? He thought he had a Rachel, but he really had Leah. 
feelings can be deceiving. It feels right, God. No, 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 no. I felt like I was compelled to do something. But what did the Holy Spirit say? The Holy Spirit said, wait for me. I'm going to do the burnt offering. So do not depend on your feelings and direction. The other things we learned from this lesson is that we should not depend on what we see more than what, the, what God said. We should not depend on what we see more than what God said. Looks can be deceiving. Tell, tell your neighbor, say, I know that's the truth. I got one more point. We're closing. Because I know on Instagram these days, people can look one way on Instagram, but God help me when you see them. Oh, my goodness. Let me FaceTime. He saw, he saw, he told him, he said, let me give you my excuse for why I did what I did. Why I would not wait on you and I wouldn't trust in you. The reason why I wouldn't wait on you is because of what I saw. I saw some stuff leaving out of my life. I, I saw, I saw, but the thing is, he didn't see God leave. He just saw people leave. And he didn't see God leave. He saw people leave. That's why I told you, you got to be like, when you say, where is Walter? You got to be like, where is God? Because God is still there. Even when everybody else is leaving, God is still in the midst. So this corona might get worse, but God is still in the midst. It's almost like we feel God took a break. No, he didn't take a break. He's still healing. He's still delivering. He's still making a way out of no way. Come on now. You, you, you just can't be focused on what you see in the natural. You say, God, open my eyes in the spiritual to see that they're more with me. We can't depend on our sight because looks can be deceiving. And, 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 and I think that once we realize this, it's going to help to stabilize. Lastly, we cannot depend on anything to determine our future more than God. We cannot depend on anything to determine our future more than God. I bet you saw when he got to looking at his men leaving him, he was already in a small army or out, uh, outnumbered army. He said, Lord, and he's probably thinking, in order to make sure I had a good future, I need to make a move. But see, you know, part of trusting the Lord is learning how to rest. The Sabbath day is a command, and it's a, it's a form of obedience. And whenever Sabbath says that God, what I don't, what I can't work for, you'll make up for. Come on now. He said, what you get on the sixth day will make up for the sixth day and the seventh day. Y'all ain't talking to me. See, resting is saying, God, trusting is saying, Lord, while everybody else is restless at my job, losing their mind at their job, about to get a divorce at my job. Y'all not saying, about to go kill somebody at my job, about to go steal some hand sanitizer at my job. I'm going to rest in the fact of what you said because your word will not return to you void. I'm not going to be restless in this season. I'm going to rest. I'm going to take my Sabbath. One of the ways we show our trust to the Lord is we know how to take a Sabbath. We know that even if we don't work on the seventh day, that the six days will be enough if we honor God on that day. What are you so worked up about? Can I tell you this? The, old, the young people might say this, you're doing too much. Some of us are doing too much. Mentally, Jesus said, what does it benefit you to worry about what's going to happen tomorrow? He said, let tomorrow take care of tomorrow. He said, you're doing too much. One of the signs that we trust the Lord is not that we're ignorant, but we learn how to rest. Even when we see staggering facts. I don't know how long NBA is going to be suspended. I don't know how long NHL is going to be suspended. I don't know how long students are going to be out of school. We may not go back to school. I don't know. But I know one thing about it. I know one person that will not fail. And that is the King of Kings. And that is the Lord of Lords. And you cannot suspend him. You cannot suspend his power. You cannot suspend his kingdom. You cannot suspend his provision. Even if food runs out. He can still cause manna to fall from heaven. Even if water runs out, he can still cause water to come from a rock because we serve a good God. We serve a mighty God. We serve a faithful God. Even if everything else fails, our God won't fail. Our God won't fail. Come on, say it with me. Our God won't fail. Come on, give a shout of praise to the Lord. Give a shout of praise to the Lord. Give a shout. Give a shout. Give a shout. Woo! Come on, give a shout. Give a shout.
Isaiah 40, verse 31 says, those that wait upon the Lord, he will renew their strength. Those that wait upon the Lord, he will renew their strength. <sighs> Stand on your feet. We're about to go. May this message settle your hearts to know that God is still for you, that God is still with you. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I want to give this opportunity for those of you that do not know the Lord. You have not, you have not made him your refuge. You have not, you're not resting on him now. You're not depending on him right now. But if the truth be told, you're depending on yourself. And there's no condemnation if you're doing that. I know for some people that's all they feel they have is themselves. But there's more. There's someone named Jesus that you can depend on today. And he could be your refuge. He can be your shelter in this time of storm. So even now, Lord, I just pray you're moving upon people's hearts. If you're in this place today and you say, hey, I, I, just, need to, I just need to make the Lord my refuge today. With all that's going on in my life personally, I'm not even talking about the nation. I've got... I got marriage issues. I've got family issues. I got financial issues. I got all. I got health issues before Corona. I need the Lord to be my refuge today. I, I I throw my faith on Him today. I throw my dependence on Him today, and I no longer depend on myself for security and safety and protection. But I depend on Him. When when I count to three, slip your hand up. Slip your hand up. One, two. If that's you. I want to pray with you. Pray for you. Say, I just need to. I just need to. I need to revisit where my trust is. And I need to place it on the Lord. When I say three, slip your hands up if you're going to make that decision today. Three, slip your hand up all over the room if that's you. Slip your hand up. Slip your hand up. Say, pray with me. Pray for me. I just need you to pray with me. Pray for me. Slip your hand up if that's you. Raise it up high. Hallelujah. See the hands. Is there anybody else? Hallelujah. Raise it up high. You say, you know what? I need to put my trust in the Lord afresh today. I need to put my trust in the Lord afresh today. So come on, just pray this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I depend on your grace. I depend on your mercy to save me, to keep me. You're all I really have, and I put my full trust in you. And, Lord, I believe that, you, that you've got me covered in my present and in my future. I thank you that you are my refuge. In Jesus' name, amen. Give a shout of praise to the Lord. Thank you for tuning in to this week's show. We hope that you receive practical ways that you can walk with Christ daily. As always, we'd love to connect with you. Visit us on Instagram and Twitter at Triad Christian, Facebook Triad Christian Center, or visit our website, triadchristiancenter.org. We look forward to connecting with you. And until next week, be blessed.